All right, well, certainly it's a privilege to be able to fill the pulpit this morning. I'm thankful for our pastor, and I'm thankful for the opportunity he has to rest. And so I'm glad that he has that opportunity today just to uh, be away for just a little while. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So if you'll find Psalm and Proverb, then you can follow with Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. As you're finding your place there, this week, yesterday, Logan and I were out, and he always gets scared when I say Logan in his name, but he simply had a question. He said, Dad, how do you know what you're going to preach? How do you know what you're going to prepare? And, you know, I said, well, it's kind of like this. You know, if I'm being honest, the first thing I do is I go back and look at old sermons and old lessons. I think, Lord, please give me something I've already preached. It'd be a lot easier. And when that doesn't spark something, then I just open up my mind and open up my heart and I begin to pray and I just say, Lord, just lead me in a direction. Show me what you'd want me to, to preach. And I can tell you, every single sermon starts with a few key things on the keyboard and then it's delete, start over. And then I'll go in this direction over here and you get about a page down and you think, eh, forget that, that's not it. But then it never fails. The Lord always brings a thought around, just something to focus on, something to kind of just set you right where you need to be. And it's then you say, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me that. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity now just to express that. So I just want you to just consider that when you pray for our pastor. When he gets up here, it's uh, not something that he just makes up or comes up with, but he is studied, he's prepared, and he always stands behind the pulpit ready to deliver the truth of God's word. And we ought to be so very thankful for that. And so this morning, as we open up our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and you begin to say, well, where did the Lord lead you this week? The word he led me to this week was simply home. Home. And this morning, I want to preach a sermon entitled, Hit the Home Button. Hit the Home Button. You see, as we consider home and we begin to think about home, our first, our mind goes to our dwelling place. It's that place that, you know, at the end of a day we can go home to. It's that place that's familiar. It's that place we can just be ourselves, kind of kick up our feet and do what we need to do. But if we really start to dive into that word and we think about home, I want you to think about all the meanings that that has. If we think about sports, we think about uh, the home team. We think about hitting a home run. We think about the home base, which is an opportunity to go back to where you started. We think about the home field advantage. If you think about school fixing to start up, it starts with all the kids going to their home room. And from their home room, they're going to launch out from there and go where they need to go. But it's just an opportunity to get things organized. In many cases, you'll have the same home room throughout your years in high school. So that's the place you go to. That's the place you start. That's the place that you launch from. But also, as we think about home, many times as we consider home, we have to consider that in terms of our electronics of today. If you've got an iPhone or if you've got a cell phone, which I'd say most of you do, sometimes we can launch out on that phone and we can get way out there and all these different apps and all this different stuff going on and we think, good gracious, how in the world did I end up here? Praise the Lord, at the bottom of that phone we can hit home. We can hit the home button and that takes us back to where we know that familiarity, that thing that we can find there. Now, I have an older iPhone, so I still have a home button, and I'm thankful for that. These new iPhones, it's face identification, and you see all these people going, 
trying to open up their phone and they'll hold it close and they'll hold it out here and they'll hold it up here. And was I mad when it identified me? Was I smiling? How is it going to identify me? But regardless, we have an opportunity to hit home and go back home. Think about it from a job perspective. As we're sitting at our computer at our desk and we've just launched a new app or a new program, then we all have to learn that program. And you get out there and sometimes it can get confusing and we think, good grief, how did I end up way over here? I don't even know what to do. Hit the home page. Go back to the home page. If we consider that from an internet perspective or the different things that we do, you know, I can always go back to the home page. I can always just hit the button. And it takes me right back where I need to be. It brings me back and allows me an opportunity to relaunch from there. So it doesn't matter how far out I get or how confusing things get or how uncertain things are. I can always hit that home button and know I'm going to be brought to familiarity. I'm going to be brought back to where I need to be. Now, if we consider the world we live in today, we're living in a world of constant change. Just think about over these last two years, how much things have changed. Think about COVID, something we never experienced before, and yet it still wreaks havoc in the world we live today, in the things we do, in the way we do the things we do. Think about the ebb and flow of the economy. The gas prices are up. The gas prices are down. Inflation's going up. Inflation's down. Think about all those things that happen. In our life, circumstances can bring about change. Sometimes it's a change with our job. Sometimes it's a change in our home. Sometimes it's a change in our family. You know, our kids go through change. They start out and they're little, and then in just a blink of an eye, they're grown and ready to launch on their own. And then our kids are having kids. Think about our parents. We go from being the child to taking care of our parents one day. Just the ebb and flow of life. It's all about change, and change is inevitable. And sometimes in the midst of that change, when we get out in that unfamiliar territory, and we start looking around and we see all this change that's happening, we lose sight of the fact that, you know what? i got to be grounded. i got to be rooted. I need to hit the home button. I can tell you in my life, there have been many times when I've simply needed to hit the home button. Just get back to what I know to be constant, what I know to be true, an opportunity to relaunch from something that's familiar. Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible, son of David, he writes in Ecclesiastes and he talks about all the things he's accumulated. He said, I'm a man who can accumulate great wealth. I'm a man who can accumulate great properties. I've gained much wisdom. I've been able to have many wives and different things of that nature. When my barns got full, I just built another barn and filled that one up. But at the end of Ecclesiastes, he said, this is the whole conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Because that's what it all comes down to. So as we study through Ecclesiastes chapter 3 this morning, I want to just consider for just a minute, how do we handle that change when it comes? How can we hit that home button? And what is our home button as a Christian? This morning we'll begin reading in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and the certainty of change. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. It says this, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck, 
up that which has been planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time of love and a time of hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Solomon reminds us there in those eight verses that there are seasons of life and there's a perfect time for everything. But in everything, change is inevitable. The world that we live in today is a different world than your parents grew up in or even your grandparents grew up in. So for those of you who are about to start back to school, guess what that means? You're about to hear the when I was a kid, speech. So it is headed your way. And it's just a reminder of how different our world is. So as our kids begin to prepare to go back to school, no doubt we're going to provide them, well, when I was a kid, let me tell you what happened. And if we're considering their great-grandparents and they're having that speech, a great-grandparent may say, you know, when I was a kid, I went to school and I was able to stay in school until they needed me more on the farm. That's how I'm speaking of my great-grandparents. So I didn't get to finish school. And in terms of shoes, I had one pair of shoes, and they got handed down until they got a hole in them, and then I got another pair. Then it becomes my parents, and I remember my mom saying, you know, when I was a kid, I just wanted one new pair of shoes. And so my mom and my dad, they went out and they brought me these pair of shoes and uh, there were these black shoes that had a strap on them and I didn't like them. So she said, I got a knife and got under my bed and I cut that strap off those shoes so they wouldn't make me wear them. <laughs> Needless to say, the next day her mom sewed that strap back on and that's what she had to wear to school. <laughs> so not the greatest thing, but certainly different than today. With our kids and they're starting back to school and stuff, my thought is, why in the world do you need all these blame three-ring binders? You know, just carry one notebook and that's your subject. Five subjects will do it all. That's all you need. But we got to have all these three-ring binders and we have to have all these computers. And think about the fifth graders who say, when do I get my iPhone? When do I get my cell phone to do what I need to do? When I was a kid, we didn't have a cell phone. When I was a kid and you wanted to date someone, you talked on the wall phone. And you had to go through their mom and dad. Uh, can I speak to Tracy? Is she there? <laughs> yeah, hold on just a minute. And then when you're getting off the phone, you have to say, love you, love you too, bye, you know? <laughs> so nobody will hear. And then inevitably, you know if you've got brothers and sisters, they're in the house on the other phone listening. <laughs> he just said, love you, and you got cold busted. It's crazy today. Kids today are not living in reality. Their reality is this right here. When I was a kid and I walked into Hardy's before school and I saw a friend sitting there, guess what I'd do? Hey, how you doing? How's it going? You'd talk to them. Kids today, they walk in and you sit down and you say, is that not your friend? Yeah. Well, why aren't you talking to them? You don't do that. And then they sit down in the booth and they're doing this. 
What are you doing? I'm texting that person two seats up. It's insane. It's insane. The idea is all the influencers in the world today. You see, that's how people get famous. They don't work. They're just on Instagram and social media and TikTok and all these things, and they're just influencers. The thing that influenced me is the paddle that hung in the classroom. The thing that influenced me is the knowing if I got the paddle at school, I was going to get it when I got home as well. It's a different world that we live in today. And as we think about all this change that can happen, and we think about the ebb and flow of life, aren't you glad we can hit the home button? Aren't you glad as a Christian that we can hit the home button and come back to what's familiar? See, the home button for us is that thing that's constant, that thing that never changes. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Listen, we live in a crazy world. We live in a world that's full of constant change. But I want to remind you this morning, when you get out there so far and you're in the app of life and you're figuring out, I don't even know how I got here. Hit the home button. Come back to that thing that never changes. Come back to what you know. Come back to Jesus. And let him just position you in that place of familiarity and allow you to launch out once again. It's so easy to lose sight because of all the change that's going on around us. And you know, for Christians, that's exactly what the devil's doing right now. His whole desire is to say, how can I take someone who used to be on fire for the Lord and wet their fire? How can I make them so distracted by all the change and all the things that are different that they lose their zeal and they lose their effectiveness for me? Christians today are what are keeping people from being part of church today. You see, if you don't know the Lord and you're out there floating around, then it's kind of to be expected. But as a Christian, people are looking at you and they're wanting to say, what's different about that person? You know what? When they face the same circumstance that I face, how is it they can be grounded in that circumstance? How is it that they can be settled and sure in the midst of uncertainty? It's no other reason that for a Christian, we know we've got a home button. We know that in the midst, when things get crazy, we can come back to that constant. We can come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, often we're going to face situations that are going to come our way. And I use this illustration, and I have to remind myself of this a lot of times. But when we get out there and we find ourselves all stressed out about something, if you'll take that situation and you'll just put it at the backdrop of the cross, you'll realize <laughs> that's pretty insignificant. That's not really anything I need to worry about. See, when I get to heaven and I stand before the Lord, he's not going to ask me about that circumstance that's got me all up in knots right here today. He's going to ask me about what did you do for me? How'd you handle that circumstance when you were there? Did you remember to hit the home button and come back to me? That solid truth that you could depend on? As we continue reading in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Solomon says this in verse 9 through 11. He says, what profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. 
Verse 11, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. The reality is this. As Solomon, the wisest man ever, writes, he says in verse 10, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Is life always fair? The answer is no. Is life always easy? The answer is no. Is everyone your friend? The answer is no. But in the midst of all that, it says in verse 11, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Hit the home button. Quit looking at all the circumstances and woe is me attitude. Recognize that he will make everything beautiful in his time. And as a Christian, in verse 11, he says this, He also has set the world in their heart. That phrase there, world in their heart, he says, You know what? I put a desire for eternity in the heart of a Christian. You see, when you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you asked him to come into your heart and save you, you're no longer a citizen of this world. Your home is in heaven. And you ought to set your sights there and be looking towards heaven. Oh, how different everything appears when we'll just look up instead of looking around. If we find ourselves looking around, we're going to miss out. Think about it this way. How often do we lose sight of what it is we're supposed to be looking at or looking for? If I come to church in the mornings, and all the time I come to church, I come what I call the back way. So I come the back way here and I come down this road and I pass the fellowship hall and I park over here in the gravel lot or over here where this side is, then all I'm ever going to see is the view from this side. I'm going to see the new addition. I'm going to see the landscaping that's going in. I'm going to see the fellowship hall. I'm going to see the shelter that's down here. I'm going to see those things. I'm going to find my way and come to the church. Well, then there's others of us who always come this way. And when you come this way, you're going to come around the road and you're going to park over on this side and you're going to come in the door and when you exit out, you're going to go right here and back to your car and right back out the way you came. All you're ever going to see is this side, the chimney that's on the side of the church, the landscaping that's going in, but you're going to lose sight is everything that's on this side. You see, sometimes we put our focus on our view about what's in the direction and what's right there around us, all the while forgetting what's the constant. Right in the middle of both views is the church. That never moves. It doesn't change. That's how God is. He never moves. He doesn't change. We're the ones that move. We're the ones that change. We're the ones that get a different view and a different perspective. And all the while, he's standing there constant saying, all you got to do is hit the home button. I've been here waiting all the while. So many times we get so distracted, so bogged down, a distorted view of what's there that we lose sight of the big picture of the church that's right in the middle forget about the view coming in remember what you're coming for look in the middle that constant that thing that's always there praise the Lord he's put that desire for eternity in our hearts and listen I'm going to challenge you this morning if you can go through this life and you're always comfortable you better ask yourself, am I truly saved? Has there been a point in a time in my life when I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me? 
Because he's created us to be an eternal being. Not settled, not comfortable in this world. Not to be distracted by the things of this world, but to set our sights on the things that are above. Verse 11 closes like this. It says, so that no man can find out the work of God maketh from the beginning to the end. We can't comprehend all that God has for us. But can I tell you this? We can hit the home button and know what he has for us is our, for our absolute best. What he has for us is a desire to see us grow in him and be exactly what he would have us to be. If we think about change, sometimes change is voluntary change. Sometimes change is voluntary change. What do I mean by that? How is it people get so far off track? How is it that people can find themselves in a mess of a situation? Can I tell you this? People find themselves in a mess of a situation one decision at a time. It's never a zap or a wham or a twitch of a nose that puts you there. It's one decision at a time that leads you there. Think about it this way. If I find myself in a place I shouldn't be, how'd you get there? You consciously made an effort to decide, you know what, there's a place I shouldn't be, and I know I shouldn't be there, but I'm going to get behind the wheel and I'm either going to drive myself there, or I'm going to get in the car with someone who's going to drive me there. So we had to have an invitation that we accepted that put us in that situation, and when you get there, I promise you, you've made preparation to be there. That means that I know I shouldn't be there, but I made a decision to be there. And since I've made a decision to be there, and I know I shouldn't be there, I might as well look pretty when I get there. So you put on your makeup, you do whatever you need to do, all the while knowing I don't need to be there. Then you get there, and you have a decision to make. I don't have to get out. I don't have to go in. I can decide right now that that's not for me. I don't need to be there, and I shouldn't be there. But I've already made a decision to be there. I've already prettied up to be there, and there's probably somebody in there that wants to see me. So you get out, and how do you get from the car to the place you shouldn't be? One step at a time. You walk to get there, and then you choose to go into that situation where you shouldn't be. And in the midst of that place where you shouldn't be, guess what's there? It's not the Lord saying, oh, I'm so thankful that you chose to listen to that conviction that was upon your heart and me telling you not to be there. No, what's there is all the tools of the devil. Look at the shiny temptation that's all around you. Look at all these people partaking in all this temptation and you don't want to be the odd man out. Get in on in here and experience that which you know you shouldn't experience. And the next thing you know, you got a drink in your hand. And the next thing you know, you take that drink and you put it to your lips and guess what? You drink it down. And then one drink can become two drinks. And then all of a sudden, guess what? I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. How did it happen? How did it happen? Did you twitch your nose? Did you blink? Did you say, oh, I can't believe I ended up here. How did I become an alcoholic? You became an alcoholic because of a voluntary decision 
one step right after another. One decision right after another. But can I tell you this morning, if you've gotten out there from a voluntary decision and life's got you confused and you don't know, how do I ever get back? Hit the home button. The Bible says, for whosoever will. Hit the home button and he'll bring you right back where you need to be. Whosoever will. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love how David puts it in Psalm 51. He says, Lord, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And then later on he says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You know what? It doesn't matter how far out you get. Voluntary change. It doesn't matter how far away from the Lord you get. Hit the home button. Come back to Jesus. Come back to the one who will not change. But why are you going to waste your life making bad decisions? Why do you want to waste your life doing things that are contrary to what God's word says? Look what he says there, Solomon, in verses 12 and 13. In verse 12 and 13, he says this. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Do you know what you've been given this morning by having an opportunity to come and sit in this church on a Sunday morning and have clothes to put on your back and a means of transportation to get here and food for your stomach to prepare you? It is the gift of God. Do you know what you have tomorrow when you wake up and you have a job to go to or you have school to prepare for or you have a family that loves you and someone who's concerned about you and ask about you? It is the gift of God. God. And do you know that doesn't matter what circumstance comes our way or how bad things get or, or where we find ourselves, God's not interested in all the things that weight you down. He's interested in what are you doing with what I've blessed you with and shown you. It's the gift of God. Our whole perspective will change if we'll just hit the home button and recognize Jesus Christ knows best for us. We may not understand the circumstance we're in. We may not understand why we're there. But can I remind you of this? God can't use you to help someone else unless you've experienced yourself first. We can all say, I know what you're going through. I know what you feel like. No, you don't. Not until you've walked there. So it could be that you're in a situation that you don't understand or perhaps a job you don't really like or whatever the case may be. God's got you there to build character in you so you can help someone else. Help them hit the home button. When they come to you and they say, how is it that you're so steady? How is it you can handle this? You remind them that I go back to the home button. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now listen, we live in a world today where a lot of people will say, trust me, trust me. And we know you can't trust everybody. We know that everybody that says, trust me, many of them are leading you in a different direction. But I tell you, there's one we can trust, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what Solomon says there in verses 14. He says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. 
Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that men should fear before him. Can we trust the word of God? You bet you can. Can you trust what he says? You bet you can. Can you trust when you hit the home button, you know you have the assurance of the Lord Jesus Christ that changes not? You bet you can. In Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, it says this, God is not man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. As he has said, and he, or as he said, and will he not do it? Or as he spoken, and will he not make it good? God said it. I don't care if you believe it or not, that settles it. Amen. That's enough. God said it. Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit to pen the words. And as we see Ecclesiastes written out, he says, I want to remind you of this. Life's full of change. It's coming your way. Life's going to throw you a curveball sometimes. Whether it's illness, whether it's your jobs, whether it's your family, it's coming. Life's not always easy, but God sees the big picture. God's the one that wants to settle you. He wants to bring you back and remind you that I'm your home base. I'm your home button. I'm where you can come and relaunch from there. A few times ago, I preached a message entitled, Instead of Focusing on What If, Focus on Even If. Don't get all caught up in what if this and what if that. We worry ourselves to death about stuff that nine times out of ten won't ever come to pass. We got to put our focus on, you know what, even if, even if these things come, I'm going to trust in the Lord. You see, that home button will bring us all the way back to that what's familiar and let us start again. Maybe we need to start again in our thoughts. Maybe we need to start again in our actions. Maybe we just need to start again in our attitude. But the reality is that home button allows us to start again and launch again. I certainly know that I've changed. I'm not the same person when I grew up. I'm not the same person yesterday that I'll be tomorrow. And I'd venture to say that every single one of here could say the same of me. I've changed truth is though sometimes when we change we don't change for the better but there's one that never changes and that's the Lord Jesus Christ and not only does he never change this is what I love he can change me doesn't matter what goes on or what happens he can change me and that's a truth we can take to the bank We'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 says this. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul. A hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. When we hit that home button back to Jesus, that which we know, that which we can count on, that's what which we're assured of, it's an anchor that holds. We don't have to be tossed to and fro in a life of change, in a world of change, we can say, you know what, I've hit the home button. I want to come back to that which is true, that which is familiar, and that which will be a rock on which I can stand. As we look at the last half of that verse, and it speaks of the veil, we understand that veil was a place of God. You couldn't enter that for the common person. 
but with a hope of an unchanging God, unchanging in his promises, unchanging in his purpose, we can enter into the presence of God with confidence. He's simply waiting for us to hit the home button and come back to him. Hit the home button and come back to him. As we close this morning, I just want to remind you of this. Doesn't matter how you walked in here, God wants to change you as you walk out of here. Doesn't matter how you came in, God wants to change you as you get out of here. Perhaps there's one here this morning and they say, you know what? I don't have the assurance of my salvation. If I were to hit the home button, I'm not sure where that'd take me to. I don't have that confidence in knowing that I've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Can I tell you this morning, he wants to change you. He wants to give you a no-so salvation that you don't have to worry about, but you can just with confidence know, I know I'm saved, and it doesn't matter what comes my way, I can hit that home button and come back to Jesus exactly where I need to be. When someone gets saved, I always remind them of this out of the book of John. When you're saved, God takes you, and he puts you in the palm of his hand, and then he closes it up. And it says, nothing is able to remove you from the palm of God's hand. That's a pretty safe place to be. Are you sure this morning you're in that safe place of God? Are you sure this morning that it doesn't matter what circumstance comes my way? It doesn't matter what uncertainty I find myself in. I've got the assurance of that home button that's going to take me to Jesus. And Christian, this morning, have you gotten your apps way too out there? Are you on the computer and you're so far deep into it, you just can't even figure out how you got there? And you think, good grief, what's going on? I don't understand any of this. Praise the Lord for the home button. Praise the Lord for the home page. An opportunity to relaunch and get back to that which is familiar and start again. Aren't you glad Jesus gives us an opportunity to start again? This is what's great. It don't matter how many times you need to hit the home button. You can keep hitting it. But when you hit it, this is a good lesson for some of us that are older. On our phone, sometimes the battery will start to go dead. And we're like, I don't know why it's not holding a charge. And the boys will say, well, have you closed your apps? I don't know. (laughs) Hit the home button. It'll show you all the distractions that are there, everything that's open. And all those distractions and everything that's open, one at a time, they're gone. And then your battery's going to hold a charge. Christian, this morning, if you're sitting there and I've got way too many things open and I'm drained, my battery's running low, hit the home button and clear out what doesn't need to be there. One more illustration of the home button. Praise Jesus for Google Maps and Waze. It doesn't matter how far from home you get, every single one of us have home. And when I hit home, no matter how far away I am, it's going to show me exactly how to get there. Not only exactly how to get there, but the best way to get there. And not only the best way to get there, but any distractions that are along the way. No disrespect, cops. (laughs) So this morning, hit the home button. Come back to Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
I am Jesus Christ, and I changeth not. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we close the message this morning, Lord, I just thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for just how you illuminate in our lives, Lord, that exactly that we need, Lord. And Lord, this morning, I pray that if there be one here and they don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, they don't have the assurance of their salvation, Lord, they're tossed to and fro and with uncertainty, Lord, and there's just nothing that anchors them and grounds them, Lord. May you just start working in their heart right now and show them all you need is just to come to the Lord. We can take the Bible and show them simply how they can be saved this morning. And Lord, if there be one here this morning that's a Christian and they find themselves out there and tossed to and fro in the life of change, Lord, may you just remind us that we've got that home button and we can come back to you. Come back to that which is familiar, Lord. Just put our focus there on what you'd have us to be. Now, Lord, bless our invitation time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.